welcome to the Life Design Podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Carlos. <laughs> and we just spoke to the just the loveliest woman. We did. Yeah. I, um, again, I say surprise, like, I'm like, oh, oh, you know, we're like, oh, hope this guest turns out, you know, <laughs> it's not like we're doing that, but yeah, it was, it was great to talk to her full of insight, um, funny, engaging. Yeah. Very wise. And she talks about her parents who just must be so proud of her. And she's just a great daughter and <laughs> just and I, I'm hoping that they'll listen to this and, you know, invite us to stay on their farm. Is yeah. that wrong? No, it's not wrong. I think, you know, we can, we can always hope we can, <laughs> you know, you gotta have it. You gotta have a dream, but no, I really liked what she talked about. So Lori is a career coach, but she really talked a lot about kind of knowing yourself and that identity piece, mm-hmm. which honestly is so unique in career coaching, at least from what I've seen. Um, and we, covered a lot of ground from, you know, this idea of work-life balance and marriage advice. Yeah. And true. And, (laughs) you know, the, um, uh, you know, identity in a job search and, you know, this whole idea of, oh, you got to do what you love. And I just thought it was a great conversation. We probably could have gone a lot longer. I just love listening to someone who's really got things figured out. Yeah. And I just love it. Yeah. She did. She did a fantastic job. We know that uh, you'll enjoy this episode. This is episode forty-nine too. I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, we're in forty-nine episodes. Yeah, I can't believe we've done forty-nine of these. Right. I mean, that yeah. dates to last year before we changed the name. But yeah, I'm counting it because you know when they talk about, you know, if we've done it, it counts. Football teams that moved or baseball teams. They always talk about you know the in the history of the franchise. So this is the life design podcast. This franchise. is our franchise. This is our okay. franchise. Yeah. So not yeah. sure, not sure we're going to make a whole lot off the franchise, <laughs> but I know we're reaching people, which is great. And that's why we do this. Absolutely. Well, enjoy this episode with Lori Nilo. We know we did and give us your feedback. Uh, if there's somebody that you think we should have on the life design podcast, we would love to hear about it. Make it a great day. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Life Design Podcast. I'm Carlos. And I'm Suzanne. And we are thrilled to be recording our next episode. We are almost to 50 episodes. I can't believe that. I know. Yeah, we're, we're rolling strong. And so I'm excited about today's episode uh, with a, a new friend that we have. And, and one of the things that we love about the podcast is we're making new friends all the time. Right. And so with us today is... Lori Nilo. Lori is a career coach, but Lori, rather than us go through and say, so tell us about yourself and you talk about your autobiography, we're just going to kind of let that come out during the podcast if that works for you. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so you're calling us from Seattle. How are things in Seattle? They are uh, rainy and gray. <laughs> What's the, what is the buzz? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like Seattle. Now we were there October of 2019. Yeah. It was our, I had been to Seattle before, but it was one of those fly in, fly out type of things. So we were actually able to spend a day. We, we took a day on the, on the uh, backside of the meeting that we spoke at to kind of explore the city. It was a really cool 
place. We saw, we went down, we did the flying fish market where they throw fish all over the place. That's a fun um, one, yes. Yeah, so we were we were tourists, and then wasn't there I like a bubblegum wall or something like that? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Which was like intriguing, but altogether gross too. Yeah, and like you can smell it on your way to there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and we kept talking because our youngest, who now turns twenty in a couple of days, we kept saying, "Oh my word! If we had brought him here when he was three, he would have been picking it oh, off and trying oh, to eat." Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. So, not trying. He would have. Yeah. So gross. He would but, have succeeded. But no, Seattle is is a great city. We enjoyed it. Um, we'll definitely try to try to get back and yeah. spend more than a day. But it's just, definitely one I'd go back to. Just I a really absolutely liked it. beautiful place. But anyway, thank you for taking the time. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Um, you're a marketer by trade, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. You graduated with a concentration. Your degree was a concentration in marketing. But now you turned career coach. Now yeah. I am a believer where I know people tell you to niche in and niche down. Yeah, I tell people all the time, they're like, Are you a consultant or are you a life coach? And I'm like, Yes, I'm both. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if that's what you're doing, but tell us about that transition from marketer to career coach. Yeah. Um, so I studied marketing because well, first of all, I started studied business because I knew I always wanted to own my own business. I wasn't sure in what. At first, I thought I was going to be a lawyer and have my own practice. Joined the mock trial team and I was like, this is not for me. Um, mm. And so I studied marketing because it's both analytical and creative. And I like that. Um, so yeah, I studied that. And then I graduated from college. It took some time for me to find a job after college. Um, I had moved to a new city and I went to a small college. So I guess it was kind of hard for me to like um, socially reach out to people because there wasn't very many people or alumni from where I graduated from. And so that was hard for me to set up a new network. Um, and also I had like a lot of imposter syndrome being a new grad. Um, so I finally got my foot in the door. I got an internship at a like B2B um, tech company. They did social media analytics. And um, I was an intern and I was like, look, I, I know I just started like a month ago, but I'd really like to be here for a long time. If we could use the rest of my internship to figure out how to um, make me a permanent uh, employee, I'd love that. And so I was lucky I had a manager who was like, yes, let's do that. Um, so I went from intern to the like lead social media manager at that company in three months. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So it took me a long time to find a job, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm leading the social media strategy for a tech company that's been voted one of the best places to work in Seattle. Um, so that was crazy. I worked long hours and I loved it. I was like, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, and then I it, it got sold. So then I had three months to find another job and I freaked out. I was like, it took me like so long to find this one. What am I going to do now? And I don't even like, I had just hit a year. So I was like, what am I, how am I going to do this? Um, and so I took the next job and it was exciting because I got to work. I went from a B2B company to a B2C company. So it was nice to be able to talk to people about what I did. And they like, they were like, oh, I heard about that brand. And that's a cool brand or I like that. Um, so that was fun. 
Um, but I started to wonder like what next in my career, since I had been doing social media management, I was like, okay, what next? I don't want to keep going further into social media. Um, so I was kind of pondering that. And then I get a call from my parents and they were like, Hey, by the way, we were both in the hospital and we did, we redid our will and you're in charge of the finances of the family company. And I was like, I'm sorry. Okay. I haven't called you in so long that you've been able to like go to the hospital, recover, redo their will. And I came up to, with this like huge decision and this company, my parents own, there's about like 20 employees. A lot of them are immigrants and they help bring people to the US um, and bring their families too. So I was like, this is a lot of pressure if something were to happen to both of you. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? Why don't I just go home, start to take over my family's business while my parents can hand it over to me. Um, I did that, did not like it. But while I did that, I was like, you know, just in case this doesn't work out, I am going to start a blog so that I can keep my hand in marketing. I'll be able to like stay accountable and stay on top of trends. Um, so I had that while I was like, while I was at home. And then it started to turn into a career blog because people were um, really receptive to, I guess, the reflections that I had on that blog. And so then I did more research on like, my experience doing job hunting and my experience um, as a hiring manager and what I could do to help people. And then it kind of just turned into a career blog. And then people were like, hey, can we do one-on-one -on -one coaching with you? So it kind of just started to happen. So long story short, that's, that's how I became a career coach. I, wow. I, that's not just a transition. It's like, a whole, <laughs> like you've lived a whole lifetime career-wise that most people have like our age have done. Right. And I think where, so my head is a marketer, right? I've been in B2B marketing. And for, and for those of you listening, you're like, what the hell is B2B and B2C? It's business to business and business to consumer as marketers, those are terms which we just use. But where my head went really quickly was, oh my word, Joe Polizzi, who's been a guest on our podcast, would be so excited that you monetized your content and, <laughs> and, and, and turned it into a career. And Joe always talks about build your audience, then monetize your audience and do it on owned media versus rented media. Yes. And we could go on. We, we could have yes. a podcast just on marketing. Real quick, before we jump uh, and kind of talk about your some of the things you talk about in the job hunting process, you said something which I thought was very interesting. When your parents called, there was like this light bulb that went off and you were like, holy crap, I have been so busy or been so, and in my words, not yours. So I hope you don't take offense by this. So disconnected. Mm -hmm. that my parents were actually in the hospital, left the hospital, changed their will, and had and that much time had gone by since mm -hmm. I engaged with them. So if you if you don't mind and if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But what was that like for you, that realization of like, holy smokes, like I'm I've kind of there's a gap here. Um, mm -hmm. did you did you I mean you recognized it, but was it like I've got to fix this, I gotta change some things? Um, I'll, I'll just ask that. Yeah. Um, I, I like had a huge breakdown. I got off the phone with my parents cause I, I don't know. I wanted to like, just hear what they had to say and, um, whatnot. And so I got off the phone and I just like bawled cause I was like freaking out. Um, and I felt so horrible. Um, and 
I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I'm missing out on like life with my parents. And I don't even like, I like what I do, but I'm not like excited to get up or like, it, it was also my entire life. Um, like I would get to work by six and then I'd work all day. I wouldn't have time for lunch. And then I would look at the clock and be like, oh my God, it's six o'clock. It's dark out. I don't want to walk home. Um, so it was just like, a, I felt bad. I felt like I wasn't being like the best daughter I could be. Um, I felt like I was missing out as well on my parents' life, um, especially because my entire life, I had spent it like wanting to get out of the house. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, like I already missed out on my childhood. Like, I don't want to miss out on this too. Um, and yeah, it was really it's interesting. I'm so I'm in grad school right now and, and I'm studying um I'm studying student development administration. Um and I'm just learning now about a theory, which of course, as I bring this up, I completely blank what it's called, but it talks about how like, oh, it's transform transformational learning. You have to go through something that's like like a knee-jerk um experience to force you into like making changes that you actually want to change hmm. yeah I, I call that in my own life a two by four to the face <laughs> like, ah, yeah it's I, different for different people yeah and and the phrase that that I started to use quite often after the I did a half marathon without without any grandeur of, or even close to the time I wanted the Mike Tyson quote that says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face <laughs> oh so, and, and I will say congrats to you for having that realization and saying, I need, there's some changes I need to make. Cause I think a lot of people had the realization, talk about the changes they want to make and never make them. Mm -hmm. And so hats off to you for saying, you know what, this isn't what, how I want to live my life. And that's, that's what for us, we get excited because that's what life design is all about is saying, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let life design me anymore. I'm going to design my life. So, so good on you. I, I love that story. And thanks. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Thanks for sharing that. I love that you've figured that out already and, and are taking what you really do value and making that part of your life and not waiting until, you know, a midlife crisis down the road to, to figure <laughs> that stuff out. And I was excited to talk to you because our, with what you do, with what I've looked at, our four kids are kind of in your wheelhouse. They're 20 to 26. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about is self-discovery in the job mm -hmm. hunting process, which um, just strikes me as interesting because, you know, I just think, oh, I'm just going to look for a job. And so <laughs> I am curious as to what, what does one, one of those things have to do with the other? Yeah. Um, so uh, the best way I like to think of it is when you graduate from college, and you're applying to jobs, I think it's really hard to find a job because not to say everyone is the same, but like when you're when you're applying to entry-level jobs, you're competing against people who also have a four-year degree, who might have like the same or better grades than you. Um, they might also be involved in extracurriculars like you. So how do you set yourself apart? right? How do you, how do you explain to the employer, you should hire me because I'm the best fit? Well, the only way to answer that is to know why you're the best fit for that job. So for me, self-discovery is, 
exploring um, what you like, what you don't like, um, and then speaking with other people to find out what jobs would allow you to do the things that you like, minimize the amount of time doing the things you don't like doing, um, and then maybe also com combine it with a passion so that when you, like, for example, so I have a client who um, loves, she has 10 years of experience, but she wanted to switch into project management. And she was like, Laurie, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, like, how am I going to show that I shouldn't be applying to entry-level jobs because I have 10 years of experience? How do I, like, make myself stand out when I'm working with someone who's going to be a, a project manager and probably also has experience um, doing as a project coordinator? And I was like, well, let's look at your day-to-day -day tasks. And in her role, even though her title was completely different, she did a lot of project management roles. So we would focus on that in, term, in the resume. And then with the cover letter, we highlighted her, um, her personal love of calendars. And she ended up creating her own um, planner to show like her love of it. And she added that to her portfolio. Um, and so doing that self-discovery really helps you one, show what makes you different. And then two, it guides you in terms of the companies that you should apply for so that then it's a perfect match, right? So she applied to, as a project manager for planner, planner companies. Mm, yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So <clears throat> I just came off a webinar that I delivered and about life design. And one of the questions I had was, well, what if you don't even know what your dreams are? Which I understand, but it also kind of made me a little sad um, in some respects of this person is, is just like every day wakes up with no kind of like, oh. Um, so let me ask you the question. Have you ever had a client who says, I don't even know what I love. I don't even know what I need to do. So how do you respond to that? Yeah, um, I do have clients like that. <laughs> Those are always the fun ones um, because then we work together. Like I'm like, I give some assignment questions to go to have them reach out to people who knew them when they were younger hmm. um, and kind of reconnect with, um, I guess, some, some things that they naturally did when they were kids um, and ask them to try exploring that again to see if it's something they enjoy. Um, so that's, that's one example of like how we kind of start sorting things out. I love that. That's and, interesting. and we're big believers of kind of going back to, because we believe that all of us really, we're still children. <laughs> <clears throat> we just made it more complex as adults. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still, our, our love of things doesn't change because we're an adult, you know, yeah. we're still. We're and I think we see that in our own grown kids some of the things that they do and behaviors that they have. I'm like, you were that way at two. It does not change. It, it, you're the, it just evolves and shows itself differently, but it fundamentally, they're the same people that they were when they were tiny. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are just less expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got them out of the house. So, so on that, and I love that answer. So here, here's another thought that I have, and it's something that I've been, really thinking a lot of, Suzanne and I have talked a lot about it. Uh, my buddy, uh, uh, my best friend, Matt and I spent a lot of time talking this summer about this whole idea of work and, and the theology of work. Um, 
this is what you pontificate about, I guess, when you get old. But um, <laughs> you, this, this idea of like, we got to do the job we love. And the reality is that sometimes even when you're doing what you love or, or you own your own business, whatever it is, sometimes work just sucks, right? <laughs> There's a reason they call it yes. work. <laughs> so I would love your thoughts on this because what I'm seeing a lot, and I'm not going to even categorize the whole generation because I hate those sweeping generalizations because most, most of the time they're wrong. I see this in all age groups, all age brackets, all generations, like go do what you love. Um, I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love to be in the woods. I don't know that I can ever turn that into a guide business, right? Um, so so what do you do with that? What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think we're we're pushing this idea. And then when people get into a job, they're like, well, I don't love this. Well, again, it's work. And can you find some purpose in that work or apply your purpose in that work? So again, I'm rambling, but I think you get the idea. No, I, I really like this question and I'm very appreciative of it because I agree. I think sometimes when people don't enjoy their work and they're like, well, let me just go find something else. Um, I always try to not, not push back, but challenge, I guess. Um, by asking questions of like, what, what don't you like about this role? Is it, is it your manager? Is it um, like one specific task? Um, so we, we dive deep into why exactly we don't like, um, so why a person doesn't like their role, their job. Um, and sometimes pe people find that it's not necessarily um, the thing that they're doing that they don't like, it's something outside of it. Um, whether that be like, they, they can't, uh, they miss, uh, what is that working remotely? Um, and it's not, it's, they like what they do. They just miss being able to work remotely. So like diving deep into exactly what you don't like about your job. Um, but I do, sorry, to, I got, I went a little sidetracked there. Um, <laughs> to get back to your question of like, do we get caught up in um trying to find a job that we love I think there's a balance like you said like um fishing and hunting for you isn't something you would want to turn into a job I feel the same way about yoga um yoga I did like a teaching certificate to do to dive more into it and then when I realized I that was something that was for me and I didn't want to share that and like provide that same space for someone else um I was like, okay, this is just going to be for me. I'm not going to become a yoga teacher. So I think that goes back to doing some self-discovery on um, what exactly you want to do with your career. And it's more so what you said about finding purpose. Yeah. And, and so I think uh, finding uh, what I have said is, you know, once you understand your purpose, your why you're here, and we use uh, Kelly Flanagan's one note, I'm not even sure we find our purpose in our work, but we can apply our purpose through our work. And so I think that changes. And I love the fact that you brought in the outside circumstance, right? And that's where, where we talk about it. It's life, right? Part of your life is work, unless yes. you're a trust fund baby. <laughs> um, and, but it, it, it's work. And so you've got to be able to, this idea of, and I, I know people are like, no, you need to leave everything at the door. That is fundamentally impossible because I'm a human being. And if things in my personal life 
are really bad or, or I'm going through a bad, tough stretch, any number of things for me to just be like, now it doesn't mean I'm going to sit in my office all day curled up in a ball, but it's going to impact my work. Mm-hmm. So I love that you talked about that. And then just another point of clarity, if I could turn my job into being in the woods or fishing all day, I would certainly do that. I just don't <laughs> think I'd be a real good guide because I would have the first person who would screw something up out of just ignorance. And I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. So I've decided that I'm not even going to go down that path. It'll be a hobby for me. (laughs) I love that. Well, you would not want to go camping with me. (laughs) Yeah. So so part of my self-discovery is I don't have a lot of patience. I was going to say it's the impatient. Yeah, I was yeah. literally going to say that. So you don't but, have the patience for that job. No, you no. just like it for yourself. So it is more of a hobby for you. It's not a career choice. A- absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I did go, I did bring some friends on a, on a backpacking trip a number of years ago and it was good. We had a great time and, you know, there was one guy, it was his first time. I was happy to walk him through that. I don't know that I could do that in larger groups that would it would probably rob me of some joy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. And also, right. I, oh, sorry. What were you going to no, say? No, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I think like patience also, like you can be patient about some one thing and be completely impatient about another thing. Like my fiance is patient with me in general, but when we're trying to get out of the house, he's like the most impatient person ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's what we're one minute away from like the time we said we were going to leave. So you can like stop yeah. puffing and puffing over there. <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of relate with your fiance. I'm not taking sides here. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I I'll would reverse that though. There's the things that you're not patient about. And then the few things that you are patient about. Because you're just in general, not the most patient. I'm working on it. It's a lifelong process. That's why I, that's why we signed the newsletter on the journey with you. Exactly. <laughs> Love that. And, I did love what you said about the yoga thing because you went through all the training and I think I know I would go through that and think, well, I have to do it now because I got the, you know, I paid for this and I did all the training and I put all the work in. So I can't just walk away and like, well, that was fun. I'm not going to teach now when I went to get certification to teach. So I think that's what's really wise of you to at the end of that go, yeah, that was just for me. And I'm not interested in, in teaching it. Thank you. That actually reminds me, like when I work with um, college seniors, juniors, recent college graduates, they have that mindset of like, well, I studied this, so I need to get a job in that. Um, and I mean, I, if you have that mindset, I believe you have to like go for it and experience what you need to experience to Uh, live the life that you want to live. But yeah, that did remind me of when I work with college seniors, juniors, and recent college graduates, they have that mindset. And I had that too. I was like, I have to get a job in marketing. Um, So yeah. Yeah. When we went through that with our daughter who got a degree and was like, and her degree requires grad school. And she felt all this pressure to like, start grad school right away. And I have to do, you know, what I set out to do when she had this other thing that she's really interested in. And we were like, just take a year. Like grad school's not going anywhere. Don't just take a deep breath. You've been in school for a really long time. And if you want to take the time to go 
discover this other thing and see if it works out and see if that's what you want to do, go do it. And if not, then go to grad school. I mean, at the end of the day, I kept telling him like, who, who cares? Where are you feeling that pressure from? It's not coming from us. Like that's in you. You're feeling Mm -hmm. this obligation that nobody else is putting that obligation on you. So just release that a little bit. And she, I think she really just needed a break from school for a little bit too. And I don't know, we still, we don't know how it'll turn out. This is, she's in the middle of the year, so we'll see what happens. But I've said many times on this podcast, I never used my college degree. I have a degree. I never practiced anything, no job anywhere where it was within my degree. And I would say I didn't earn a college degree that gave it to me and kindly asked me to leave. That is not true. But no, in in all seriousness, I think your point is, is so valid is we drill into like, oh no, this was your degree or this is what you studied or this, or you got a niche down. And, you know, if I go back to 22, I, you talk about self-discovery, which I love. I didn't know who I was at 22. I mean, I, I it, honestly, if you read it in my book, I didn't really figure out who I was until I was 46. So, and I look at the career, at that, that life design where really I allowed expectations and things, basically life to design me. I, and I do wonder, I don't spend a lot of time, but there are times I'm like, where would I be if I had taking what you've talked about, that mm-hmm. self-discovery to say, what is it I want? I'm almost 98.5% positive. I probably wouldn't be a marketer today. Now, am I weeping over that decision? No, I'm not. It's been a good career. I have a great life. We get to do this podcast. We get to coach people, et cetera, et cetera. But it is interesting. And I love that young people are, you're working with young people as well to say, you know what, you can do this. And then guess what? You can pivot, you can change, you can do these things. Um, We have a friend of ours here who's a pastor and he started doing Uber in his spare time just because he loves people. And I'm like, that's awesome. He's 65 years old, right? You're never too young. You're never too old. Yeah. I love that. I actually, I, so when I graduated, my sister got me a book. Um, Of course, I like see the book in my head, um, but I don't like see the title. I just picture the book in general, but she got me this book and it it had a list of people who um, started their careers at different decades. So there were people that like didn't reach their ideal uh, career until they were like 50 or 60. And so I I really resonate with what you just said about your friend who's starting to drive Uber because that purpose, Uber, driving Uber serves that purpose of finding people to chat with and uh, it fulfills that need for him. So I love that. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's, That's hard to do when you're of a certain age too. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, so how does work play into life design and what are your thoughts on this whole idea of work-life balance, work-life harmony, boundaries, et cetera, name the phrase. There's a million of them out there now. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think so people, 
have like a love hate relationship with the word work life or the phrase work life balance. And I think it's because it's come to um, a, a lot of people think of it as like there's one set way of having like a work life balance, but I think it's whatever works for you. And I think the way that work plays into life design is in my head, um, your career is the thing that like, I'm not saying your your career defines you, but it is like a, a foundational point of being able to help you create the life that you want, right? So like you need, if you want to like, I'm trying not to think of like stereotypical things that people might want, but um, <laughs> if you want to, I don't know, something I really want to do is be able to afford to fly home to see my parents um, as often as I want. Um, and so in, able, in order to make that dream come true, I have to start with finding a career that will allow give me the finances to do that and also allow me the flexibility to be able to fly home to see my parents as often as I want. So I think um, work just plays into it as like, if you can think of it more so as a tool um, to help you create the life that you want, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, and then as far as work-life balance or setting boundaries, it's just, I think it starts with self-discovery and de deciding what works for you and then finding a career that can kind of wrap around those needs. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Basically, make your work or what, what is the what is the phrase uh, work so you can live instead of live so you can work. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what I heard when you said this, and I'm kind of putting on my coaching hat a little bit is you one of the values you have is freedom, you, you have is freedom is so you want the freedom to be flexible in your work, you want the freedom to say, you know what, it's Tuesday, and tomorrow, I'm going to go home and fly out and see my parents and you know, you don't want a job that's saying, no, Laura, you have to be in the office nine to five or eight to six, five days a week, and then you get your standard two weeks vacation. So you understand what some of those things you are in life. Um, I'm curious with your fiance, not knowing what he does, is have you guys had that conversation as a couple to say, hey, as we get married, right, he may want different things than what you want or value a few different things, which is totally fine. It doesn't mean you're right mm -hmm. and he's wrong or vice versa. Have you guys had those conversations and, and what are those like? And then, you know, if kids end up coming and th that changes things. Yes. So be curious <laughs> as to the, the dialogue you guys have had on what you value in your careers and kind of that working so you can live. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, we've had, those conversations, that kind of conversation many times. Um, and at first I was a little hesitant <laughs> after the very first conversation, cause I was like, Ooh, do we even <laughs> want the same thing here? What's going on? Um, but for us, it was defining, I guess, um, the values and like the, the feelings that we want to feel um, when we like as we build a life together and those feelings and the values that we have were the same it was like more so implementing them that was different and so I mean when we were dating um it was like I mean like we're together we're enjoying life together like you do your thing I do my thing um and then as things started to get more serious that's when I was like hold up 
we're still on like different pages here. <laughs> so yes. like, let's try to get on the same page or at least communicate our expectations for um, life when we get married. So I guess those conversations, I think he's, he's going through a phase right now where he's trying to figure out, um, he thinks he wants to start a business. So he's going through like a phase where he's trying to figure that out. And I'm all about that. Cause now we're all about um, trying to find something that where we can work remotely. And then my ideal situation would be to like live somewhere that's cheaper um, and then raise a family together and have that flexibility, but still also the finances to like visit both of our families. Um, so those conversations, they're still ongoing. I, I expect things to change as we get older, but it's nice to know like at the end of the day, our feelings are still the the same, like the end goal of our feelings are still the same. Yeah, and those conversations never should yep. go away. And yeah. I love that you mentioned communicating expectations because expectations will kill a relationship or unmet <laughs> expectations or unrealized or you know whatever you want to call it. But I think that's really wise of the two of you to already know that you need to continue to have them because you don't know what you don't know. You don't actually know what it's like to be married yet. You don't actually know what it's like to have a family or have someone lose a job or, you know, lose a family member. Like there's so many things that happen during your life that you can't possibly, you can talk about them and you could say, okay, this is what we'll do. If this thing happens, guess what? It's not going to be what you're going to do. You don't, you just don't know how you're going to respond to what life throws at you. And so knowing that you need to always be communicating those things with each other is just wise. And I think it's, it's okay that, you know, he, he values different things or puts a premium mm -hmm. on different things than you do. I mean, it's one of the things we discovered is Suzanne has done a lot of nonprofit work in Uganda and has been over there nine times in the last number of years. <clears throat> I've been with her twice. And it's not because I'm disinterested. It's not because I don't care. It's just, I'm not as passionate about it as she is. But what I can do is say, now, what is my role in helping her meet that need and, and fulfill that passion? Because when you come together as two individuals into a life or any relationship, it is some give and take. And one of the questions we're always asked is, well, we value different things. Great. So find a way to support each other in what you each value. And that actually drives a lot of relational intimacy as well and makes your marriage, makes your relationship just stronger. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Like as long as you're communicating ways to support the other person as they pursue uh, what they want. Um, I Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up in our Sunday meetings. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, well, one last question for you. So we ask this of all of our guests and I, I love the answers we get. And sometimes I'm like, that's really interesting. I think I need to write that down. But life design can look different from everyone. You just said that, right? Is is it's going to look different for, for us, different for you, what works for you. Um, so it really depends on what you want out of your life. So what do you think are one or two very small shifts that people should begin making to designing their life? 
That is a very good question because my head always, like, I always like to overcomplicate things. That's my <laughs> thing. <laughs> so I'm like, small shifts. Hmm. This is why you're not um, getting out of the house on time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, one minute before. We have, we have one more minute. <laughs> um, but I think a small shift that people can start taking is, I guess, maybe um, asking um people who knew them when they were younger what they did what their habits were what their thoughts were um so that they can um see kind of how their mindset has changed or whether or not they still agree um i think it would connect connect you to i guess your inner child um i think that's one that i think would be really easy one one uh call to action that you can take away from this <laughs> I love it. That, that that was spoken like a true marketer. What's our CTA? Yes. Right? What's our call yes. to action? So, um, and then another question, because I'm sure our listeners are going to, if I, if we don't ask it, they're going to be like, what? When are you getting married? What's the date? Oh, it's July 2nd next year. We're going to get married on my parents' farm back home. Oh, Aww. that is fantastic. That is awesome. So July is a, is a great month. We're going to keep our fingers crossed for great weather for yes. you guys. So that sounds fantastic. Congratulations on that. Okay. So Lori, can you tell us where your parents live, where you're going to be getting married? Yes. Um, My parents uh, live in Hawaii. So we're going to be getting married on their farm, their dragon farm. Uh, Oh, wow. Their what farm? Dragon farm. And I oh, love what you, when you talked about their business, what they do for a living is just incredible. And so I was very curious as to where they live. So that, I mean, I can't think of a more beautiful place to get married, quite honestly. Like, that's just in the top. Yeah. And if my parents lived there, I'd be figuring out a way to go see me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, can't absolutely. blame you there. Yeah. We've been to oh, Maui goodness. twice. And our first time we were like, how come we didn't know about this place when we first got married? Oh, I would have come and been a barista just to just, live yeah, here. Just bummed yeah. around and waitress. And- right. Yeah, actually, um, for a while there, they were really struggling to find teachers. So a lot of people moved to Hawaii to become a teacher, and the starting salary was higher than what I was making. So. Oh, wow. Hmm. Well, we may be calling you for career advice on how to get to Hawaii. I was a teacher. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) So, Lori, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom, your insights, uh, we will have your website and all your contact details. We won't put your phone number, but um, <laughs> you know your website, your LinkedIn profile, et cetera, in the show notes. So we really want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the Life Design Podcast. And this will be a wrap on this episode with Lori Nilo. And we hope you take the time to make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Life Design Podcast. You can find more episodes with people who have designed their life to get the most from it by visiting us at carlosandsuzanne.com.